Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the ME7 podcast. A very good evening it is indeed. Gillingham, come from behind to win a game of football. You heard it here. I'm not lying. I'm not joking. You're not imagining things. Gillingham, from a goal behind, came back to win a game of football. For the first time in nearly a year since the home turnaround against AFC Wimbledon in the back end of last season. I say nearly a year, maybe that's a bit harsh. We'll have to, of course, take out the uh, the two and a half months or so between seasons. But it's been a long time coming. It's been something that's been questioned of not just this team, teams of the past. It's just been something we haven't managed to do. We haven't managed to come from behind. And there's always this overwhelming sense of uh, disappointment when we go one or down because we know that from recent recent games, recent months, etc., that this isn't a team that generally come from behind to win football matches. So to go and do it today at Quinton Stanley and get the result is hopefully a massive morale booster for everyone involved and you know, a good signifier that we can do it and that we are a team who is capable. And I'm sure the players wouldn't have needed telling in the past few months that the need to be able to be this sort of team who can come back from adversity in games is a sort of calibre trait that gets you into those power positions and potentially promotion. They will know that. They won't need me or you or anyone else to talk about it to tell them. They'll know. And I'm sure it's just as big a relief for us as fans to see us come from behind to get a victory. It'll be even more of a relief to those boys in the changing room tonight. And all credit to them. And credit, of course, to Stephen Clements because those mistakes, uh, not mistakes, those substitutions, I should say, in the second half after Rackleton went ahead, very much changed the game uh, to our benefit. Um, the introductions of George Lapsley and Macaulay Bond, in particular, the latter getting the winning goal, gave us a real good foothold in the second half and had us play a different sort of dimension of football to what we were playing prior to that. And it really did change how we went about the game. And, and you know, to, to come from behind us and get the win with those changes that are proactive rather than reactive, it... it you know, it made a great difference. So credit to Stephen Clements. So now I've, I've questioned him from times uh, since he's come in the season in certain games. But on the other hand, you've got to give you've got to give the credit where it's due. And I think we all should be uh, giving Stephen Clements a lot of praise uh, this this evening for those substitutions that turned the game around for us. And uh, ultimately, have seen us walk out of Atkinson Stanley with three points for the fourth year in a row. Uh, we should add as well. well I think it's or fourth visit in a row, we just say. I think um, a couple of years ago, we were in League One, they were in League Two. But regardless, um, yeah, four wins in a row at the uh, the Wham Stadium. Um, I'm sure I'm sure it's not named after George Michael, but if it was, I'm sure he would have enjoyed those games looking down. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the stadium we seem to have a very good record. At, so that's um, always good to get another victory there. Four in a row. I'm, I'm you know, first person who can tell me... Uh, Tell me the last three results we've had there prior to this one. I'll, I'll give, I don't know, I'll, I'll go to the club shop and get you something worth a fiver as a as a well done. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on with uh, with the show and let's, uh, let's have a talk about it because um, you know, there's a lot to get through tonight. But um, firstly, um, welcome, as I said, to the M7 podcast brought to you by Balville and Grit Consultancy. Um, yeah, two of our newest sponsors uh, for this season, and um, we're delighted to have them on board. Uh, side note, if you haven't seen our tweet from, uh, I believe it was yesterday we put it out, um, in an agreement with our partnership with Balville, we are giving away uh, four tickets to the Jules' Fiction next weekend at home to Forest Green Rovers. All we have to do is follow both us and Balville and retweet the tweet in question, and you will be in with a shout of winning four tickets for completely free of charge for um, Jules' next game at home to Troy Deeney's Forest Green Rovers, currently uh, propping up the bottom of the division of Forest Green. So hopefully it'll be a good game to to bring someone to. Maybe you want to bring your family. Maybe you want to bring um, you know, the in-laws, maybe. Who knows? And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good occasion to see uh, see Jules get, pick up some points um, at home and hopefully some goals as well against a team that you know we'd like to think on paper we should be beating. But that previews for next week. Let's talk about uh, today's game. Matt, uh, we'll bring you in. Um, yeah, we all said, God knows how many times this season, haven't we, that one of our biggest Achilles heels of this team is that we've not seemed to be, one, able to score goals and two, able to come back uh, from deficits. Whenever we go one nil down, a lot of us have considered it to be game over, which is a very negative attitude that none of us want to have. But the way it's been this season, it's been hard not to have that. So in terms of, I suppose, the best way to put it would be a monkey off the back, really. Firstly, getting two goals in a game, which and it doesn't sound like a lot for most teams, but to us it is. And a second leader to, to do it by coming from behind and getting a victory. Just how much of a morale booster and confidence booster do you think that's going to be to the boys in the dressing room? Because as I said, before I brought you in, 
you know, as much as we've complained about it and we've known it's it's been a problem, they'll know it better than everyone, and I'm sure it'll be a, a massively happy trip back from Accrington coach today and one full of full of relief as well. Yeah, absolutely. It should be a should be a, a happy bunch. You know, we've seen our team come from a, a goal down and score more than one in a game, which is a very definitely a rarity. Um, but look, I mean, first half it wasn't the, the greatest performance I've seen uh, from a Jules team. The only sort of concern was, you know, we had to go one one nil down to actually start sort of playing football in that second half. But look, all credit to the guys that they did keep going and look, you know. We've come from a goal, yeah. So a goal down, and we score two goals in a game. That's not something we're used to seeing it happen this season. So, look, all credit to the boys. Three wins on the bounce. Hopefully, we can make it four against Forest Green next week. Um, and look, it's starting to. And I do, I can definitely see what say Clements is trying to work on on the pitch, but I still feel we're just lacking at the top end of that pitch still. And yeah, it was great for Bond to get a goal. I still don't know why uh, Clements hasn't started Bond today. I thought that was. Yeah, it was calling out for that to happen, but he decided to go with Nichols at top and with uh, Hawkins. But let's hope, fingers crossed, we can get something sorted in this January transfer window. Maybe get you know, say a, a you know a decent striker in, and hopefully we can start moving up that table even more. Yeah, I think the main thing from this week prior to the game, I know there's a lot of people. Um, you know, I've been working all week, so I haven't really had time to pay attention to what people have been saying on Twitter or potential rumours that may or may not be true about the January window and whatever else. Um, although saying that has been pretty quiet on the um, on the rumour front, especially in comparison to January and, and the summer of, uh, of last year. But I know a lot of people have been, not distressed, but maybe a little bit worried, a little bit impatient with the fact that we hadn't signed anyone this week and uh you know we had a game coming up today and everyone wanted some new faces in after the Sheffield United game in preparation for this game that didn't happen but I suppose that makes this victory that even bit more sweeter knowing that you know potentially people might have looked at it as a missed opportunity given we didn't have players in to give us the best chance of getting a result had we not won today but given we did with the same team we have without any of those uh, potential incomings yet I think this makes this result even sweeter from a, from a fan's point of view, doesn't it? Because we now have that three point um, three point advantage without bringing any any players in. And you know, I'm not saying we will, maybe we will, maybe we won't. But it creates a good pedestal now for any incoming players and any potential changes for next week's team, knowing that we've got this game out of the way without having to add to the team, and we've got the three points in it as well. Yeah, of course. And like I said it on Thursday. I'm, I'm not. I'm not overly worried at the moment. We haven't brought anyone in because January transfer business. You know, you're always looking at potentially the team that you're looking at potentially buying off. Maybe they're waiting to get somebody else in. So it it normally sort of starts ramping up in the last half of the sort of the January transfer windows when you do generally start seeing people. And, and I think it wasn't it wasn't until like the Obviously, apart from Tom Nichols, wasn't it like the 10th or 11th of January last year when we sort of made our first sort of couple of signings of, wasn't it Tim, I think it might have been Tim Dieng and potentially George Lapsy were the first two in the draw. And it was around about now. So, look, I, I'm not worried that at the moment we haven't signed anyone, although, you know, it's, it's going to happen. We are going to sign people in January transfer window, pretty much every single club in the football league will do that at some point. And look, we've still got the loan market to utilise. We've still got uh, obviously, you know, we're crying out for a, a, a strike at the top end of the pitch. But look, the fact that we've done it today, we've come from a goal behind. We always knew that these players would be capable of doing it. And we have started to see that today. It it did take us until like, the you know, sort of the 55th minute or whatever it was to get going. But once we did start get going, you know, we, those players look like they belonged in that pitch. And they look like they belong in the, the um, I think, the playoffs. But... but yeah, I'm I'm not overly worried. I just hope quality is what we're getting through the door, not quantity, because, you know, unlike last year, we're not in a situation where we just want to try and get anyone and everyone in we can. If we can get some real quality in, though, I, I, honestly, I think we'll be OK. But, yeah, it was great to see that the, the, you know, the players that started off this season out there today actually managed to turn something around. Yeah, obviously, the in relation to the, to the window, I know a lot of people, you know, naturally just as as we are with football fans um not not so much me personally this time maybe because i'm you know a bit grown up i suppose and i've got used to how the the window works and whatever it ins and outs of it but 
I know as soon as it turned midnight and the you know the fireworks are going around on New Year's Day, people instantly looked at Jules' Twitter feed one minute after midnight, furious that we haven't signed anyone yet. And that's kind of how it goes with the modern day football fan and social media. Everyone wants signings before the windows even open, and you do have to be a bit a, a bit more patient. And uh, Stephen Clemens has already come out and said that you know looking for a quantity over quality, uh, quality over quantity, I should say. So. By that reckoning, I wouldn't expect us to be bringing in a, a vast amount of players, especially because the need isn't as as massive as it was last year. Obviously, the situation last January was was a lot lot more dire than uh, the one we're currently in. But I think there will be movement at some point between now and the window. Of course, um, it's about getting the players in that firstly improve the starting eleven, in my opinion, and then if we are able to, I think I'd look at another couple of positions, just more more so in depth. Um, you know, I was listening to the episode you did with James yesterday, Matt, and you brought up a point I hadn't actually thought of. And it's in regards to the back three, I think we could do with another centre half because, like you said, if one of Max Connor or, or Shad gets injured, then we might be in a bit of trouble with no. You know, I, I can't think of another centre half. We have an out and out centre half that could replace them. I know we have players who could play there potentially, but in terms of an out and out replacement, we don't think we really have that. So it would be something to look into. But we've uh, we've been crying out for pace and uh, and the goal scorer. Uh, for a very long time now, so hopefully, um, more more so a pacey winger who can who can take players on and make things happen. Because I do feel that sometimes there is an over reliance on Conor Mahoney, and I think he gets a lot of sick when he perhaps doesn't have his best game. But I think that's probably because people see him as the point of contact in terms of making things happen for us. I think that puts a lot of pressure on him when other players might not be performing because people look at him as the creative spark, if you like. And I think he is that. But I think if you can get someone of his calibre to play on the other side, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, the strikers we had did start to score goals again. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, that's what you would have kind of hoped. And you're right, we do need pace. Uh, you know, obviously, Connor on the on the right-hand side works, works wonders. But we do need something else out on that left-hand side. And I don't think you, you know, as, as much as I, I, I love Jamie Clark, I think he's a brilliant player, but I don't think he's kind of that level just yet, maybe a season away. So, yeah, definitely getting something on on, on the on the, uh, on the wings would be key, uh, key, I think, this January transfer window. But uh, look, even if we only bought one player this year, uh, this January transfer window, for me, it's got to be a, you know, a, a striker of... of some quality. Uh, no, I don't care whether he's coming from National League. I don't care whether they're coming from the Championship, whatever. As long as, it, you know, if they're going to put the ball in the back of the net, that's really all that matters to us at the moment because, you know, we're the lowest scorers in the league. I mean, I, those two goals today might have helped, but we're still literally one of the lowest goal scorers in this league. And if we want to have aspirations of getting out of this league, we need to turn these one nils into two nils, into three nils, into four nils, because I guarantee come the end of the season, goal difference is actually going to matter. It's going to be key because this league is so tight. You're going to end up with four or five teams pretty much all on the same amount of points and it's going to come down to goal difference. So, yeah, keeping clean sheets and all that is is all good, but we definitely need somebody to put the ball in the back of the net. Now, obviously, I know there was a few rumours floating around about um, potentially Johnson Clark-Harris, potentially. Um, obviously, I know Charlton were interested in him, but, you know, our... our are they going to want to sell uh, people? Are they going to potentially want to sell to a League One rival, or would they rather, you know, if they're going to get the same amount of money, let him come to a league to, uh, a team that are in League Two with the, that potentially could be coming up next year? There are names out there, but like always, you're going to have to wait potentially for other clubs to do business. We might be needing to wait for, you know, maybe we're, we've got players uh, going out of the club as well, so maybe we need to wait for that. So. Look, whatever we do, look, Clements is right. Quality is the most important thing we get through the door. And look, we've, we've still got to utilise that loan market. And I do generally believe, especially a lot of the bigger clubs, they're going to look at Clements knowing the coaching ability he's got. And they'll probably be like, yeah, OK, I'm happy to send my, you know, one of my young prospects down to down to Gillingham. Because, you know, he's, he's a really good coach. Look, this is his first foray into into being a hedge coach, you know, having to make all the decisions, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to get things right. You know, it's just, it's, it's slow. He's only been in the door, what, a couple of months now. So he's still got to learn his process, but whatever happens, come say the end of January, quality is key. Yeah. For, for potential incomings, I think it is a good, they would be coming in at a good moment for us. I know the last three performances, including today, we haven't had a full, promising 90-minute performance, I would say. We haven't had that complete performance, you know. 
I'd say, when did Atkinson score? So I think it was the 55th minute or something around then. I think for the majority of the second half, we were really good, really, really took control of the game and scored two good goals and good creative chances. Um, Colchester game was a bit dull, to be honest, but that 15-minute period at the start of the second half, we could have had two or three on another day. We get the goal, we win the game, perfect. Sutton became a much more difficult game when they went down to 10 men. We had to bide our time. We got through thanks to a wonder goal. But, you know, this is a football, football is a results business, isn't it? You look at the three performances in isolation, you think, you know, it's not like we've dominated every game. We've created a lot of chances, but no one's going to think about that because we've got nine points out of nine. And that's, you know, I'm sure everyone would, would agree with me as much as we want to see our team scoring three or four every week. As long as we get three points at the end of the 90 minutes, nobody cares how you do it. And I think teams, players rather, who, uh, you know, we might have spoken to, might look at that and think, well, you know, they're getting results, even though if they're not playing brilliantly, you know, maybe I can add a bit more to that and maybe this is a good place for me to come and, you know, get goals. Because we're still a team that are goal shy. I know we've we've got a monkey off our backs today and got two goals and come from behind, but we're still not a, you know, brilliant goal-scoring team. We know that. So I think we will be an attractive proposition for for team uh, for teams, for players in this, uh, in this window. I think we sit... Uh, well, I know we're eighth. I'm not sure whether we're one point off the playoffs or whether we're eighth on goal difference because I did see that MK went seventh because they scored in the, um, I think it was the 97th minute to beat Tranmere at Preton Park today, which uh, knocked us out of the playoffs after being in it um, after the end of our game. But we're still very much in touch and, touch and distance. And, you know, the game in a couple of weeks against MK is, is looking like a, not a big one because it will still be January, of course, and a lot can change, but a very similar game to today, obviously, where it was a, uh, Eighth versus ninth, I believe, or ninth versus tenth before kickoff, and you know we've got three points over a, a playoff rival to put us in a strong position. So, I think this month is going to prove to be um, interesting. I think if we get the right players in and the right caliber of players that add quality to not just the squad but the starting eleven, I think we will be in a, in a good position. And you know, Clements, I've still not, I've still not seen a massive shift in terms of style of play, and I want to see a bit more of a autoristic style from him that I can say quite clearly is his own but as long as we're getting the perform uh, the results the performances are you know not not irrelevant but you know not as important as if we put in bad performances and didn't get the result if we put in a bad performance and get the result then everyone forgets how we played they only care about the three points but if we can see performances and results and that's the dream but that's every football fan's dream no matter who you support it's not always as easy to achieve um yeah let's get on to the tail of the tape of the actual game itself so going into it as i said i believe it was eighth versus ninth or ninth versus tenth one of the two uh, i know we were level on points with uh with Atkinson today and you know i came into it uh personally thinking it was going to be a draw. Uh, I put on the prediction earlier before kickoff. I thought it was probably going to be 1-1. One, one. I thought, you know, tight game, eight versus ninth. We do have a very good record there. For, so for that reason, I didn't back us to lose the game, obviously. But I thought it might be a, a, a gritty game that wasn't going to be particularly, you know, exciting for the neutral. And uh, Jill's team came in as followed. It was Jake Turner and goal with McKenzie coming in for Chad Alexander. Three centre-halves put themselves. Conor Marston, Shadogi and Max Amy, the captain. Scott Malone in a left wing back, then Coleman and the returning Timmy Dieng with Mahoney and then Nichols who replaced Ashley Nadison alongside uh, Hawkins. Um, yeah, Matt, you talked about before, we've talked about a few times, sort of the clamour for Hawkins to be partnered by Macaulay Bond because we've not seen that partnership yet. We still haven't today, even though Macaulay Bond did come on and get the winner. Um, it was the return of the Hawkins and um, Nichols partnership that obviously worked so fruitfully in the second half of the last campaign. We saw that instant connection uh, from January onwards last year. And obviously we know from experience that it is a partnership that can pay good dividends at times. And I think for that reason, I saw that partnership. And although I wanted to see Bond start, and I thought, well, you know, I've seen in the past that this can work. So I've got reasons to be optimistic. And it looked a team on paper that was that was good enough to get the result, I think, today. I think, as I said, it was going to be tough. It's going to be tight. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a draw at full time. But I think in terms of the team selection and the, and the changes made from the Sheffield United game, I don't think it can really be seen as a a team that was put out and it was you know potentially a bit negative that came for a draw or anything like that. I think it was a team that showed intent and as they won, that was that was capable of winning the game. Yeah, again, obviously we all know football's not played on paper, but again, it was a very strong team that I, I thought we had. Obviously, the the one glaring miss, obviously that we've, we've all said is yeah, yeah. Why is he not starting? one up front, whether it's just he's not got a, you know, he doesn't think that that partnership is going to work. But 
I mean, but Bong came on. He, he scored the winner for us today. Let's just hope that potentially that means next week he's going to get a start because I, I, I just feel that, that that partnership is not something we've seen. And yeah, don't get us wrong, the Nichols and Hawkins partnership last year worked wonders, but it's not working that well at the moment. So something obviously needs to change. And I just, again, I just thought away from home, this was the perfect opportunity to potentially go with uh, Bon and Hawkins up top. Uh, have Bond playing off of Hawkins, but for whatever reason, Stephen Clements has decided he doesn't want to do that. He's gone with, uh, you know, Hawkins, Hawkins and Nichols, but obviously it seems to be an inspired uh, substitution by him because Bond's come on and put, put, us, uh, uh, put us in the lead and let's come home with three points. Yeah, certainly. So I think, although we are lacking in certain areas, I think when we put a team out in the 11, I don't generally look at it and think that's a poor team. I don't think we have the players that can make me think that about any team. I think we do have quality. It's just a case of it clicking on the pitch, which has been uh, been missing somewhat this season. Uh, the Accrington team, I did see, and it gave me a little bit of uh, optimism because there was a few players that I do know who weren't involved today. Um, Wally and McConville being two of them. Um, I don't think either were even in the squad. I'm looking at it now. And Sean Wally, I think he's a former... used to play for Shrewsbury. And if everyone, everyone knows how bad a record we had there, especially... Had against them, especially at Priestwood. I remember the game. Um, I think you, you may remember everyone listening. Um, Cody McDonald scored a great free kick, and it was a year under the late Justin Edinburgh, I think, where we uh, missed out on the playoffs and uh, we lost 3 2 at home, I believe. And he ran the show, it was a very good player for them. And he's always seemed to be one of those who turns up against us, uh, along with uh, you know, countless other players you can think of, really, eyes on the clouds of the world, etc. Paddy Maddens, but um, regardless, he wasn't involved with Atkinson's team today, which I was quite happy with. But someone who was, was uh, Joe Walsh. Uh, he was brought in initially on a, I think they called it an, an emergency loan, a seven-day loan over the Christmas period from QPR. So I'd only assume that that's now become a you know an extra month-long loan or maybe they've kept until the end of the season, I'm not sure. But someone who we never saw uh, too much of Jules apart from the odd paint pot game here and there. But clearly he's um, he's founded himself a home at least at the end of the season with Atkinson and we wish him the best of luck. He was somewhere. Someone who came very highly rated before we let him go off to uh, to QPR, but obviously he wasn't getting in our team at that point, so we can't can't talk too much about him. But um, yeah, Matt, that that Quinton side um, was was there any names that, that come to mind when you looked at that team that sort of posed a threat to you? Yeah, you know, I don't want to sound um, you know harsh on Quinton, but I, I can't say I've heard of a vast amount of them. But I thought I'd ask you, given um, I'm sure you've looked into them before on the EFL podcast, you might be able to give us a bit more. Uh, background into some of those players in that team so you could have put, caused us an issue. Oh, of course, I did a classic, Matt, and uh, didn't unmute myself. Uh, yeah, obviously, look, um, Henderson up top is kind of their, their, uh, their, sort of their youngster that's come into the squad recently. He's... Um, He's a local lad. He's, I believe, uh, used to go support uh, and, and actually watch Atkinson quite a lot. But there's been a lot of talk really about him. But look, I, I, honestly, when I looked at obviously Atkinson's lineup today, I know they've had quite a few injuries in their squad, and there's a few players obviously that have been missing. Obviously, they've got one of their main goalkeepers being missing. I know Joe Walsh. Yeah, he uh, he signed an emergency lo- on an emergency loan just before Christmas, and I think they've extended it for another week or two. Um, but look, they've. And I mean this in the nicest way. When the Accrington lineup came out, obviously I looked at their back line. I think two of their back line were, I think, 19 years old. One, I think, one's 18, one was 19. They've got lots of little injuries going on. But honestly, there was no one really in that lineup that I thought they're going to they're going to worry us today. Um, so I thought that young Henderson. I thought he played really well. He looks like a young talent, and it looks like uh, Accrington have got a nice, uh, sorry, good player in him. But yeah, it just. It was very weird. Um, you know, I looked at that lineup tonight and I just thought there's no one in there that, that really worries me. Yeah, as I said, Mark Barkins' knowledge isn't very strong, obviously, but the only two names I really recognised were Pritchard. I know Sean McConville wasn't in the squad, but he's someone I've heard of. I think he's a bit of a an Atkinson legend, if you like, um, down those parts, along with um, B. Key, who obviously was a, a big player for Atkinson before he retired. Um, Few years ago, but that's as far as my um, my Atkinson Stanley trivia goes. Apart from obviously having seen that advert, everyone knows Atkinson Stanley for. I have been there though. I went the year um, we won two 0 on opening day. It was a lovely sunny day. Um, Josh Parker got the, one of the goals, and oh, I've stumped myself there. Can anyone remember who got the second goal? 
or it might even have been the first goal. I know we won 2-0 on opening day. We were in the blue and black stripe kit. It was an open day, 2018. I know Wasn't Jeff it? Parker scored one of the goals. Who? Wasn't it Elliot List? No, not Elliot List. No. Two, I, I can remember both the goals were basically really, really similar. Uh, I know just Parker's was a header. Um well, someone's got to tell me because this is going to really wind me up and I don't want to Google it in the middle of the show. But I think I'm going to have to force myself to. Well, I was saying that, I did post a photo of some games we played at Aquinton throughout the years before kickoff, so I might be able to recognise it from there. Brandon Handlin, there you go. Who remembers Brandon Handlin? Good player for us, good player. Anyway, um, yeah, so <laughs> apart from the lineups, let's move on to the actual game. Um People will be wondering why we haven't got into the game yet, and that's because mainly because the first half isn't going to take us very long to get through, I wouldn't have thought, because it was Matt, a, a pretty dull affair. Um, it seemed to be a pattern of play in the first half that we've seen quite a lot in recent weeks under Clements, where we've had quite a lot of the ball, we've got the possession in decent areas, but when it's come to the final third, we haven't been able to find that killer pass, find that killer strike and cut a team open. We've had you know possession in... Dangerous areas per se, but as I mentioned, not being able to to capitalise on it and and really, you know, make the difference in the final third. We had a lot of set pieces, a lot of corners, and it it, it wasn't really a half where we looked as though we were going to be able to cut through and, and find that moment of quality to, to break Atkinson open. In, in fact, the biggest chance of the half, I would say, came to Atkinson. It was a strike from range. I think it was Woods, if I remember correctly, on the commentary and. I think it was parried by Turner, which, you know, he's, he's, we saw the gate, the goal last week. Um, uh, I think it was Willalusu's second goal for, or his first goal, potentially, I'm not sure, for Sheffield United, where a shot came from range. It was parried by Turner, he put it in this time. Thankfully, Turner was able to to get to the rebound strike and um, make the save from, uh, from Woods again. I think followed it in himself. And that could have been a, a very dangerous moment for us to go one nil down. But, you know, other than that, it, it, it wasn't really really a game where we created much. You know, I'm looking through the, the tail of the tape now on on Twitter and you know, the 38th minute, there was a ball into the box um, from Shadogi of all people. Hawkins got his head over it, looped it over the over the goal and, and, and that was as good as it got really for us in the first half. Hawkins obviously has had a, a lot of chances in recent games. He's come back into the team, been a great aerial presence. Hasn't quite had one land for him perfectly yet for him to divert into the net, but there are signs that it is coming. He is getting there and I'm sure it won't be too long till we see one of those crosses uh, land on his bonnet and into the back of the net. But um, yeah, how were you feeling at half time, Matt? Because I was looking at it and I was thinking, you know, we've played very similarly to how we have in recent weeks. We've had a lot of the ball, we've had a few set pieces, but it, it also has that ominous sign of it, doesn't it? Where you have a lot of the ball, you, you get the set pieces, but you're not able to create a lot of it. And it sort of had that ominous feeling of, you know, we're, we're doing the right things, we're just not doing it in the right area, if you like. And you know, to win games, you've got to be have that killer instinct in the final third, which we seem to be lacking again in the first half. And it just seemed as though we were going to do everything but score yet again. Yeah, I was really frustrated at half time because, you know, yeah, we had a lot of the ball. We we were getting into good positions at the top end of the pitch. But as you said, that final ball came in and it was either too long, not, not accurate enough. It just, it kind of felt like, I'll be honest, at half time, I was just thinking to myself, it's going to be one of these days, you know. It, it just kind of felt like nothing was going to sort of fall for us in that first half. Look, Atkinson didn't really pose too much of a threat to us at all, but I just kind of felt that it was going to be a one-nil game after after the end of that first half. Just it, it felt so scrappy, almost. Um, yeah, and again, it was just that lack of quality in that final third from the Jills, which I think prevented us from going in one-nil up because. You know, if we're going to go in one nil up, you know, slightly different game. I've got to say that that chance that the uh, the young striker uh, the young striker missed at the um from the Jake uh, uh from the Jake Turner parry out that my initial thought was oh if, even if it had gone in he would have been well offside but when I look back at the replay it really did look like Conor Masterson was playing on so I I think we got let off very very luckily then I, whether the player was in two minds thinking maybe he was offside and. I don't know, but you know, we 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 should have been going in one nil down, I think. But apart from that, yeah, it was just a really sort of scrappy, bitty sort of first half. Yeah, it certainly was. No changes at the break, but both teams, you know, you know I looked at it before the game. And I did think it probably was a banker for anyone who does that, because that 
it looked like it might be a banker for a draw. Um, but it wasn't to be. But the way it panned out first half, you thought it might be heading that way. And um, yeah, as I said about following the same theme of us having a lot of the ball, not making too much of it, having a few set pieces, not being to make anything of it. And then, you know, naturally the team goes up the other end and, and they take the chance that we can't. And it was uh, Alex Henderson for Atkinson Stanley as a free kick on the far side. Uh, put into the duel's box, unmarked was Henderson and he just guided his header into the far corner beyond Jake Turner and put his side in front on 50 minutes. And obviously, you know, as duel's fans, I don't, I don't like to say this, but it is worth saying because it's how we feel. I said this at the top of the programme that whenever we've been, you know, one or down in, in the, probably any time in the last year, really, we do have a tendency just to assume that it's game over. None, none of us want to think that way, but... At the same time, the team have shown us, given us no reason to think otherwise, have they? Given the record we have of coming from behind that, you know, although we did it today, it's still ultimately very poor over a much larger uh, base pool to, to pick from. And, you know, I was feeling that way as well when when Alex Anderson scored for Oakland and Stanley. I thought, look, you know, we, we, we've we had a, few, a lot of the ball in the first half, but we've gone 1-0 down. And do I trust this team to be able to come from behind and get back into the game? Honestly, no, I didn't. And, I say that most weeks it happens and I'm usually proved right and I hate being proved right. I was really, really happy on today's occasion that I was proven wrong and this team showed grit, they showed endeavour and they got themselves back into the game, not just to take a point, but to win it. And it wasn't long after Aguins and Stanley scored until we did get ourselves back in the game. It was Conor Masterson, I believe, his second league goal of the season, if I'm correct. So I remember the one against Doncaster. If he's got another one uh, post that and I've forgotten it. Oh, actually, AFC Wimbledon as well. That make it free. I can't, I can't be... I can't be sure if he's got more than three, but I wouldn't have thought so. But regardless, it was a uh, another corner. We had a lot of them in this game. Mahoney's delivery all the way to the back post. Looked like it got a bit too far, but there was Ollie Hawkins using his aerial prowess, headed it right back across the goal. No one marking Connor Masterson. He peeled off at the back post and smashed a header into the roof of the net. Got us level within 10 minutes. And, you know, Matt, in terms of, you know, what I was saying before about having such a negative attitude when going one or down, it was great that, we, not just that we were able to get into the game, but it was more or less, not an instant response, because it was 10 minutes, but a very, very quick response uh, to go and wander down. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, the, the the goal they scored, I was very disappointed, I've got to say, in um, Tim Deang, because, you know, it was, it was his guy that he was marking. He just sort of didn't react when the, uh, when the player sort of ran away from him. Um, so he was a bit slow to react. Uh, but, look, you know, he's still got to find the target, get the ball in the back of the net. And ultimately, uh, I think in that first sort of five, ten minute period of the game, you know, before they got the goal, I kind of felt that it was going to be a one goal game. Um, and obviously when they got it, I'll be honest, deep down inside, my heart dropped a bit thinking, oh, are we going to be the same old Jills that aren't really going to bother trying to uh, push forward and attack? And, you know, we're not going to really be able to have any answers. And then obviously it was a great corner in by... Uh, Mahoney, great header back by uh, Hawkins, uh, and Masterson was there to be able to, to poke it in, which was um, which was great. Obviously, again, it, it wasn't easy for him. He had to bundle his way for a few players to get to it, but you know, he, he he made sure he wanted to be there first. He made sure that he wanted to get that ball in the back of the net, and it and it happened. Very strange decision then. Obviously, not long afterwards to to bring off, I think Hawkins and. Uh, put uh, Bon on. Uh, I, I'll be honest. I thought out of the two, I thought Hawkins was probably causing a little bit more trouble than uh, Nichols was. But again, it just means we're not seeing this Bon Hawkins partnership. So there's clearly uh, there's got to be something going on. I, I feel what for why uh, you know Tennant doesn't want to have these two up front. But but look, we 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 went one nil down and we weren't what I would call classic deals and our heads didn't drop. We we kept going and to be honest, as soon as we got it back to one all. I think there was only one team that were going to go and win it, and that was going to be the Jills. My my only slight gripe, I think, uh, of today really is that it, it did seem to be a case of we needed to go one nil down in order for the players to not get a kick up the arse, but something of that sentiment, I would say, because it was clear in the first half that the game we had in front of us against the Sacramento side was more than winnable. It wasn't a case of we were going to you know, a top side in the division. They're, they're a decent side, Atkinson, but they're not a team that you should fear going to, in my opinion. You know, I, I, I think we could have gone there a bit a bit more, not on, not a bit more on the front foot because we were, but, but be a bit braver and try and make things happen in difficult areas, even if it means you might not not maintain possession in some sort of areas, but just show a bit more nous in the final third and, and put yourself out there to 
be in positions to, to finish. And it seems like we have to go one nil down at times for that to happen, you know, in terms of starting games well and starting games positively. I think we've struggled with that in, in recent weeks. It's, and, you know, for a lot of times this season, we sort of have needed to to go behind or have something, you know, a close call, a near mischance or position or something like that for us to spring into life. And although it's great that we have the powers of recovery, I do think sometimes if we just played with a bit more you know, openness and a bit more bravery from the start of the games. We wouldn't be in situations where we'd need to come from behind in the first place. But that's only a small gripe because, you know, we did manage to do it today and, and, and I'm very happy for that. But it is a is a weird situation. Maybe it's something mentally with the players, I'm not sure. But regardless, today is, is a day to be happier that we are able to come from behind and get the victory. Like you said, Matt, there was a double substitution that followed Ollie Hawkins and Tim Diang replaced by George Lapsley. And Macaulay Bon, I too was happy uh, to see, uh, not happy rather, <laughs> I was happy to see Macaulay Bon come on. I wasn't as happy to see uh, Ollie Hawkins be uh, be the man replaced. I would have really liked to have seen Hawkins and Bon play together as a partnership. It's the only partnership I believe we haven't seen now at this point because we've seen Edison with Hawkins, we've seen Nichols with Hawkins and we did last season as well. And Bon seems to be the one who hasn't had the, uh, the pleasure of partnership having a partnership with uh, Hawkins yet. So we get to see how and if that dynamic would work. Um, I thought this was a prime opportunity to test it out, but uh, Stephen Clements decided not to and, and kept George, um, not kept George Lapsione, he just come on, kept Tom Nichols on, who, to his credit, I saw a lot more of Tom Nichols after that substitution than I did before. Um, Agreed. You know, he win, Agreed. He doesn't win as much in the air as Hawkins, obviously, McCauley Bond, because Hawkins is massive and much bigger than everyone else, but he did win his fair share. There was a moment uh, later on in the game where it was flicked on by McCauley Bond. Tom Nichols had a shot, a bit of a tight angle, got in behind, put it over the bar, but there was signs of a good partnership there. They seemed to spring off each other really, really well. And I think Nichols, Nichols, Nichols' game improved massively after after that substitution. You know, I think we've seen a lot of positives between uh, Nichols and Hawkins, especially last season, but for some reason it hasn't clicked so far yet this year. But I do think the dynamic of the game shifted when those substitutions were made and Nichols became a lot more involved than he was prior to. And, you know, he's someone who needs a goal, needs to have more involvements in games because I think his record this season has been really poor, especially considering um, how well he did last year. I'm not expecting him to start this season and score 15 to 20 goals, but I think the return he's had from performances, from minutes and the goals to goal to game ratio, etc., I think has, has really been poor this season from Tom. I'm sure he'd say that himself, but, you know, as I've said before in previous, previous podcasts, he does tend to come to life goal-scoring-wise in the second half of the campaign. So we're hoping that will be the case again. And, you know, on another day, maybe that shot goes into the top corner, but not on this occasion. Um, yeah, Accrington started to push to try and get themselves back in, back into the game and back onto the front foot and get the uh, get the advantage in the game again after we uh, paid them back. Joe Pritchard had a corner kick, which almost went in, went all the way around and sort of, sort of took a nick off the woodwork, I believe. And, the game became a bit open, a bit of a basketball match, blocks at one end, blocks at the other. Jaden Cart then replaced Robert McKenzie, go fitting in at that right wing back role, something we've seen him do and something that's been tested in the past two or so games. I remember it against Sutton, obviously came on against Sheffield United as well, but the game was probably gone at that point. So didn't really get a true reflection of how it worked. And then the moment came, um, McCauley Bond on the score sheet. Um, if anyone hasn't seen the goal yet, it's terrific work. On the right-hand side by Mahoney, leaves his player for dead, whips the ball across the box. There's a little bit of ping ball, falls back to McCauley Bond. It's a left-footed strike into the corner of Joe Walsh's net. And, you know, for me, there's not really a more popular goal scorer in my book than McCauley Bond. He's really struggled for minutes in recent weeks. He's had a few here and there coming on against Colchester and against Sutton. And I think he's got sporadic minutes against Sheffield United as well. But since um, Steve Clemens has took over McCauley Bond as sort of been not the full guy, I suppose, is, is not a fair way of putting it, but he's certainly not had as many minutes as he would have liked in, in recent weeks. And I think on paper, he's still our best striker, in my opinion. Well, not even on paper. From what I've seen, I think he is our best striker. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, Certainly our best finisher, and that's, you know, saying a lot considering he's missed a lot of sitters this season as well. But I do think he's someone who's deserved a few more minutes. There were rumblings. Would he be on his way out in this January window? Hasn't yet happened and he's got on the score sheet today. So I'd like to think that will uh, that will earn him a starting berth against Forest Green. And, you know, look, it's another opportunity against the side who are bottom of the table for him to get another goal. If he gets back-to-back goals, maybe 
the confidence will be up and he can go on a run. But, you know, how many times have we said that whenever someone scores for us this season? It doesn't tend to, doesn't tend to happen that way. But, um, yeah, Matt, a big moment in the game um, with 15 minutes or so left. Uh, a goal that sort of had been coming, but it could have been going either way. Obviously, as I mentioned, the game became a very open after we equalised. But we got that decisive moment and I think everyone was uh, sort of in, mixed with jubilation and disbelief that, you know, one that we'd we got in front of got in front of the game away from home and let's say for three points and then secondly that we'd managed to to come behind in order to do it. Yeah, but I, I, I do generally believe I think obviously I know they had the corner that came off the inside of the, the post, but really apart from that, I said when when we got it back to one all week, I generally believe we could go on and win it and Obviously, it was that little bit of quality I said what we were asking for. And OK, it wasn't a quality goal. We did put his laces for it. But of any player you wanted that ball to fall to in the box, you wanted it to be Macaulay Bond. Because, yeah, I'll be honest, I think if it was any other player, probably would have gone wide, gone over, keeper would have saved it. But just falling to Bond, right place, right time, puts his foot through it. And look, I, I do generally believe we were, you know, we were the team that were going to go on and win it. I said once we got it back to one all. Um, Look, I don't know. I'm just reading actually one of the um, uh, one of the comments, and it's put on here. Apparently, Hawkins has been unwell this week, uh, and he was totally knackered when he was subbed off, and that's why uh, basically it was a swap for Hawkins and Bond. But I just feel that that's a partnership that we've not seen yet, and it's a partnership that I think we really do need to get going because I think it could. You know, Bond's now got his name on the score sheet after getting some. Well, yeah, honestly, some some stick, which I think. Probably he deserved a little bit of it, but for him to get back on the goal sheet, I mean, you can see how much it meant to him when he ran away. Um, hopefully, this is the start of something for him to potentially go on a bit of a goal-scoring streak. But yeah, of all the players on on the pitch, he wanted it to fall to. I'm so glad it fell to Bond. Yeah, certainly a very deserving goal scorer, and hopefully, we see a bit more from him. And you know, for the rest of the game, really, Matt, there, I can't I can't really think of Atkinson having. You know, a huge chance in the final 15 minutes. You'd expect there were balls into the box. There were set pieces, as you'd actually expect when a team's chasing the game. It becomes a little bit desperate, but I think we dealt with that very well. I don't think there was any clear-cut chances that were recreated by the hosts. And in the end, it was us who came closest to, to getting the fourth, uh, the third game, uh, third or fourth, fourth goal of the game to, uh, to finish it off. Um, a loose ball in midfield cut out by Conor Mahoney. Initially, I thought he was through on goal, but it was a defender back and. I think perhaps he was caught in two minds initially of whether to go alone, try and win the game or take it to the corner. He forced himself a little bit wider than I think he would have done. Got a good shot away, but palmed away from Joe Walsh to safety. But thankfully, there was no time for Accrington to get up the other end and try and mount one last attack and, and respond. And, you know, look, um, in, in the grand context of really the last probably month or so, I remember we, we were doing podcasts after the... Uh, Forest Green game just before Christmas and the quarter game on Boxing Day and we were thinking this this Christmas period's gone terribly. You know, we've we've got one point against two relatively poor teams in this division. You know, we need to really seriously improve, drastically improve in order to get back into those playoff bases and in contention. But since then we've won every game, uh, I believe. Yeah, three wins in a row since then. And you know, things that things are looking a lot better now. We are on a, a good run of form and yeah, performances haven't been brilliant. Let's not pretend otherwise. We haven't you know, blown teams away or anything like that. But we have done well to to get into the good good rhythm. You know, as I said before, performances are great, but results are even better. And as long as we're getting them, we're going to be in a good position. And, you know, we're going into, well, we're going into January, we're already in January, but we're going into the window now as, you know, we obviously haven't entered it yet, in a position where we're one point out of the playoffs. Any improvements into the team could be the difference to us getting there or not. We've got a difficult game coming up at Stadium MK in a couple of weeks against a team who were obviously vying for a playoff spot like ourselves. That'll tell us a lot about where we are, I think, in terms of do we have the quality on show to challenge the other teams who are fighting for those positions? Will we have new arrivals by then? Quite possibly, because it is the 27th of January, I think, that game. And then between that, we've got a, a very, very winnable home fixture against Forest Green. And, um, you know, I'd advise everyone to go and look at um, Troy Dean's comments after their game today. I believe they lost 2-0 at home to Harrogate and he was, uh, let's just say, not shy to say what he thought about um, certain players and the way things are for his screen. Didn't sound happy at all. It was a very much character assassination of a few players and, um, yeah, maybe that's a bit more of a personality issue than a managerial one, but I think that's something he's going to need to learn. Maybe not 
fit for the job um, of being, being a manager just yet, Troy Deeney. But um, yeah, it doesn't seem to be a very happy camp at Forest Green. And um, <clears throat> as much as that's a shame for them, it's something we've got to we've got to take advantage of next week. And it presents a, a massive opportunity for us to get four wins in a row against the poor side who are almost certain to go down and, and that can put us in a great position going on going to Stadium MK the following week. And um, yeah, before we get into the comments, Matt, I think that as, as, as I've summarised there, it's been a it's been a really good good strong start to the year, isn't it? Nice way to end uh, the final few days of 2023 and we started this year really well, really well in the league. Not so much through, um, through performances somewhat, but in results, obviously. Sheffield United aside, it's been, it's been a very good start to 2024, hasn't it? It has, and um, but do you know what? I've, I've just got to say only because I've just remembered that one of the stats. Uh, I don't know if you you were watching the the game with the uh, the away commentary like I might have been, uh, but um, there was one of the stats that they mentioned about duels. Obviously, we uh, we've got the most one nil league wins uh, so far this calendar year, and the whole of the year fell. But uh, we've got nine one nil wins, and those nine one nil wins. So nine goals have yielded us twenty seven points. And actually, when you think about it like that, that is absolutely mad. And do you know what? I don't care if we win the rest of the this season, all the games win and one nil. If we're going to get that, that amount of points, but look, it's it's a great start. You know, we've got Forest Green next week. That they are really struggling. I know I've read those comments from Troy Deeney as well. And yeah, he's. Uh, I think he's going to have upset a few of his players. So potentially, this is a chance for us to go and batter a team next week. And you know, you're going to be back, you know, potentially playing a team that, uh, you know, rock bottom, you know, right near the bottom of the league. You know, they're really low on confidence. This is a chance at home. This is a chance for us to go out and put a statement of intent and show the league that Gillingham are here to try and gate crash the playoffs and get in there and potentially get promoted this year. And I say it's no better opportunity to do it against a team that are really, really struggling. Yeah, obviously we'll go more in depth into the Forest Great uh, Forest Green game next week. But um, I'm looking at the teams down there. Obviously Sutton, as we know, uh, and Forest Green. I'd say at least Sutton do seem to be giving it a go. Obviously, sometimes they drew two all with a they drew two all with Barrow, didn't they today? Yeah, that's what I mean. You can have yeah, it does come down to a point, doesn't it? Where you know you can give it your best shot, you can show some fighting determination, but ultimately. If you don't have as much quality as the other team on the pitch and the other teams bang up for it, you are going to struggle. And I think that might be something Sutton fall victim to ultimately come the end of the season. But Forest Green, in comparison, don't look like a team who are united. They don't look like a team who are capable of turning their season around, regardless of what they do in January. So it does present a really good opportunity. But also saying that it probably is one of those sort of games that we would lose. But we'll have to hope I'm wrong on that one. Um, a few words from the gaffer. Following today, and then we'll get onto the comments, and then we'll get out of here. So, following the, the victory today, Stephen Clements had this, had this to say. He said, "I thought that in the first half we were marginally the better team. I thought it was a very tight game, and to lose a goal straight after half time was disappointing. I still believe that the boys could come back into it. Ollie Hawkins does great from the corner, and Connor finishes off the set plate at the back stick. Then it is nice that we make some substitutions, and they come off and really help the team. I'm delighted." With all of them, the challenge is to have a better second half of the season than we had during the first. That's the challenge that has been laid down, and let's see if we can do it. We have made a good start. Uh, in regards to those travelling supporters, I think it's 299 today, which is quite funny, really, because I believe we took um, 999 to, to Colchester, so just two or three off in different occasions from being um, around number. But regardless, says, I met a few on the way in, and they were telling me that they had a really early start this morning at 6 a.m., so it's a great effort from them. We really appreciate their support, and I know that the players do too. So that's uh, Stephen Clements um, after Jules's victory at uh, Arkansas Stanley tonight. So before we go, um, again, another thank you to uh, Balvo and Grit Consultancy for the sponsorships, along with Gaslit Kent for becoming sponsors for the rest of the season. Gaslit provide local pub plumbing and heating needs in Medway, Kent, and South East London. They are gas safe registered in domestic commercial catering and LPG so do get involved with them so just to round us off uh, tonight let's go through the comments for today I know Stuart Lewis will get annoyed that I don't do it even though I do it all the time I was uh, very much victimised by him on Twitter the other day which was not very nice at all uh, Jack uh, Jack Essen who's on the show quite, re uh, quite regularly in recent weeks uh, probably for the wrong reasons he hasn't joined us for a positive one yet so I don't know when the next one's going to come along so a great comeback win first time we've done so in the league for 11 months 
and the first time away in the league since 2021. Uh, God, who did we do it against in 2021? That's gonna, I haven't got a time to figure that out at the top of my head. Someone can let me know before we wrap up in the next two minutes or so. That'd be greatly appreciated. Who did we come from behind to beat in 2021? Someone let me know. Good to see some guts and fight from the lads. The first half was poor. The players need to turn it on for 90 minutes and not show intensity when we concede. Uh, Jack straight away. Swindon. Swindon in 2021. What was the score of that game? God knows. I remember last year we drew 3-3. Three, three. I was there for that. I can't think of the other one off the top of my head. I can't at all. Uh, Stuart Lewis says, a very enjoyable day out for at the Wham today. Massive shout out to Macaulay Bond. He's taken some welly, but great to see him on the score sheet. We'd love to see him start with Ollie next Saturday. Yeah, I saw him cup in the ears when he scored. Don't mind to say that. It's all very similar to Scott Malone's uh, in terms of the message, Scott Malone's uh, celebration against Sutton, so we don't mind that at all, do we? Um, always good to see players give it back. Uh, Matty Horsham says, so happy for Mackay, deserved the goal, and fingers crossed he will get a fairer crack as on as on, as one of the top two now. Top two up top, he means, as he's the best striker we have out of the four. I agree. Luke Draper says, maybe it's something between Bond and Hawkins, maybe they have had a little disagreement or something. There was to be a reason Clemens has been so reluctant to play them together. I, I wouldn't have thought they have any issues between the two of them. Ultimately, it's, it's the manager's call, isn't it? And there's nothing they can really do about that. I'm sure they practice different combinations in training all week, and the manager seems to pick the one that he thinks is best for, for that fixture. I wouldn't imagine there's any falling out of the sorts. Um, Julian says, apparently Hawkins has been on well. Yeah, we've uh, Matt said that during the podcast. I didn't see it at the time, so apologies for that. Um, it's also great management from the Jills today to see the game out. Uh, Stuart Bourne says, generally surprised they didn't keep Hawkins on with Bond. Makes you think that they the players can't stand each other. But we need to we need to get rid of this um this idea that um these players hate each other. It's not good. Uh Jules SFT has just shown me Swindon one, Gillingham three. Oh, in my defence, it was COVID season. None of those games count. So it doesn't matter. Uh, but we did win 3-1. I remember watching it on iPod. I remember that as a game. Oliver scored twice. Dempsey scored. But the Dempsey goal was a deflected free kick. Oliver's, one of them was from a really tight angle, wasn't it, when he went around the keeper and uh, put it in. Brett Pittman was playing for Swindon. He's, he's in the proper non-leagues now, isn't he, I think. Um, couldn't tell you who for, but he's very much um, one one edge is retired, I think I'll say. Um, but yeah, regardless, um, time to end off here. Any uh, lasting comments, Matt? Uh, the deals are going up. We'll soon see. A uh, lot of work to do between now and the end of the season. But thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, this will be available on Spotify very soon to uh, listen back to as uh, Jules leave Ackmanton with a 2-1 victory, two goals away from home, three points and a fourth win in the row at the Wham Stadium to move, well, to move at the time of the, time of the full-time whistle into the playoffs and just crowded out of it at the last second by MK Dons. But I'm sure we'll have the chance in, in weeks to come to put that right and get ourselves back into that top seven. We'll be back next week to preview the home fixture against uh, Troy Deeney's depleted Forest Green Rovers. And until then, up the jewel.